Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special bonus episode of Full Metal Tuxedo. I know that you guys can't get enough of us, so we're bringing you a, an episode that's just geared around the emails that we've received in the last couple of podcasts. My name, of course, is Gregory, and my co-host, Patrice. Yeah, I was just going to say my name's Patrice. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I miss I mistook that cue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, we felt really bad on the weekend because our stream was uh plagued by gremlins again. And we didn't really get to do the last hour how we wanted to. Um we wanted to go through a few more emails on the live stream. So we thought to make up for that we'd do a bonus episode this week just of our listener stories yeah and i can't wait because there are a, a lot of really good emails a lot of good stories and uh we can't wait to uh to go over these stories with you guys yeah we really appreciate all of your participation and if you're hearing this for the first time we just want to reiterate as well that if you have any stories that you'd like to share with us you can send those stories to fullmetaltuxedo at gmail.com and yeah we, we may not reply to your emails but we definitely read them all um, and yeah just stay tuned to our live streams and our podcast because we dedicate the last hour to um, reading out listener emails usually we live stream our podcasts on the Armored Gregory YouTube channel and the best way to normally communicate with us to get your words on our podcast immediately is to send a super chat uh, super chats of course are welcome but if you would prefer to give us a story something you'd like us to talk about over the air if it's a personal account or just an interesting uh, local legend that not many people know about if you'd like to tell us those stories again email us at the email address that Patrice said fullmetaltuxedo at gmail.com I'm interested in anything kind of off the wall. It doesn't even have to be like paranormal. It can even just be like something bizarre that happened to you that you don't really have an explanation for. I agree. Anything that's really fun to listen to at two in the morning when you're lying in bed with insomnia. Those creepy, those yeah. weird, <laughs> those unexplained stories. Yeah, there's nothing I like more when I'm experiencing existential dread. <laughs> at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> yes and that's what we have to offer you yes our collective anxiety manifesting into a fantastic entertaining piece of ear candy and oh, on that note let's get into the emails alright Gregory are you ready to have your tits blown clean off <laughs> oh hell yeah we're starting off with a with a strong one i hope yeah okay this one freaks me out a bit okay what do we got i'll just i'll just have to read it quickly through to, to see if he wants us to use his real name or not because i feel like that's something yeah when we're live that we should check yeah some people say at the bottom like please don't use my real name and yeah it's like, well it's too late now it belongs to the internet yeah, make sure if you want us to read your email live or on the air at all, that if you don't want us to use your name, 
that has to be one of the very first things you say in your uh, the intro to your to your whole letter. So um, yeah, our bad if we screw that up. Alrighty, you ready? I am ready. Hey, skeptic. My name's Jonathan, and I'd like to share a couple of strange occasions with you. Here are a couple of stories that I experienced that I cannot explain. Let me start with my UFO encounter. One night, me and my friend was out on our ATV letting our hound run around getting ready for bear season. There's my hound in the background. <laughs> yeah, we've got a dog huffing into the microphone over here. Stop it. <laughs> we was way back in the woods dropping into a hollow when the dog got on the trail and went into the woods. I shut the ATV off to listen and see... Um, it says if he trees an animal, but I feel like that's a spelling mistake. Mm. What do you is think it, he means? Or is that a hunting term? Trees an animal? I'm not a hunter. He might mean that he, you know, gets a buck from sitting in a tree stand. I don't know. It's, you're, you're clearly not a hunter <laughs> If that is a hunting term. Don't let the plaid uh, fool you. Oh, it's a method of hunting where dogs are used to forced animals that naturally climb up into trees. Okay, okay, good. So I shut off the ATV to listen and see if he trees an animal. Yeah. In the silence of the night, a loud humming could be heard between the ridgetops and the hollow. I take my 300k lumens light, shine it towards the sound, expecting to see maybe a vehicle on the ridge. But to my surprise, where the stars was, when the light hit it to... Hit turned when the light hit turned to what looked like to be black metal. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> I looked at my friend and said, Are you seeing this? And he was speechless. As I was looking for military markings or something to identify what it was, it raises up and takes off without a sonic boom or anything, rapidly speeds over two or three mountain ranges and sets down. To this day, I don't know what we saw. That's freaky. Now, I really and hope that that story is true. I really hope that story is true. Well, the thing about it is it's so simple. Like, I believe more simple stories like that. Like, that to me just sounds mm. like a story. You know, normally when people make stories up, they have all, you know, they have all these convoluted details and really intricate things. But that just sounds so plausible to me. I, well, okay, I'll admit, you know, that if you don't make the details too flowery, you basically just matter of fact, this is where we were, this is why I was walking in this direction, and then I saw this, and it did this, the end. I mean, getting right to the point, it is really hard to not believe when, you know, they're not trying to really sell you on it too hard. <clears throat> So I think, yeah, I agree. With The more matter-of-fact that it is, the more that it just gets to the punchline. We saw this. It did this. The end. Uh, that is well, kind of compelling. Like, I feel like if you're going to see a UFO in the woods, that's how it's going to be for most people. Right. Well, I mean, that actually you know? seems to be how most really credible UFO stories go. Um, I was walking in the woods. I saw something shiny. It flew away. Like, the story very rarely has anything more to it than I saw it for a brief second and it flew away very quickly. Yeah. 
And so then um, there's a second part to this email, oh. which is a second story. Oh, two yeah. stories for the price of two stories. none. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Thank you for these free stories. <laughs> so when I was 15, my dad dared me to sit in an abandoned cemetery that was uh, out in the woods off a dirt road. A place that would give anyone creeps even in the day. So I took his dare of sitting alone in the graveyard for 15 minutes without a light. And you know what? Like country graveyards do have a creepy vibe to them. Do you? I agree. I agree. You know, if, especially, especially if you're the ones that are like a couple of hundred years old and <clears throat> they were, you know how small towns seem to have just like random graveyards or even like families had random grave plots that well, would be like. There was this one, field. there was this one small town we would, we'd cross through a lot of small towns that had old churches with old uh, graveyards or old cemeteries next to it. But there was this one that we would drive through all the time when we were going up for camping every summer. And this, the church was essentially the focal point of the small town. But of course, the church has its own cemetery. So the cemetery is really the focal point of the whole town. And it would creep me the out every... The center of town? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. Is that a terrible joke? <laughs> <That> is... <laughs> Uh, not quite painful, um, but yeah, it would creep. Me, it would creep me out every time we would drive past any of those cemeteries, but especially in the middle of the night. And I think too, what's creepy about them is the stone, like the stonework. Like it's, it is like art, artist level, like artisan level of the headstones. And, you mean? Yeah, and especially when they are that Victorian era time. Yeah. They spend a lot of money on people's deaths. Yeah, we have um, cemetery, or we have gravestones here that go back to like the late 1700s in my town. So, mm. yeah, there's an awful lot of very creepy Victorian esque. Um, and I love how they like a lot of the time they air their dirty laundry on there. Oh, sometimes. Gravestones? Like they're telling, yeah. they're telling everybody like what they died of, how old they were, who were they yeah. married to. Yeah. Yeah, there was. Um, there was even a fad at one point when people would make sort of a, like a joke about it. Um, uh, I remember seeing an exhibit about it in Ripley's Believe It or Not, and there, a lot of them were making fun of the person, straight up making fun of the person in a joke for dying, like hitting the gas instead of the brake. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'd love something like that written on my headstone i don't know not if it was because you know of like a not if that really happened no not no. If that was really <laughs> no, no exactly i wouldn't if <laughs> i die because i did something really stupid please don't put that on my headstone <laughs> put it you can put a joke on my headstone don't you know just yeah. not not Be like he was 80 years old and thought he could still clean the gutters <laughs> that's the punchline <laughs> oh god yeah let, let's hope that's how i die you know, that sounds a lot better than, I don't know. <laughs> Moving I'm wondering on. where that was going. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Alrighty. Anyway, so back to the story. Sorry. As I sat there, I kept hearing something move in the woods. But being a hunter, I know little animals like chipmunks can, uh, and such can make loud sounds. So around, ten, around the 10-minute mark... I see a light out in the woods. I ignore it thinking it must be a house or a hunter or something. 
So I focused my attention to an owl in the tree below me. See, that's still creepy. Yeah. I'd be creeped out by the owl. Yeah. I'd be thinking it was an alien. I think you would be thinking that it's a, like a, a screen memory. Um, yeah. If I was sitting in a, a graveyard and I can see a light in the woods and I'm like, oh, to distract myself from that creepy light, I'm going to look at this creepy owl that's staring back at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think then I'd be looking back at the light. Yeah, I'd be pretty sure that the universe was was like staring straight in my face right at that moment that I'm being tested by some sort of higher power or that I'm yeah. about to get abducted or something terrible is going to happen. Yeah, it's just like I saw a light in the trees, so I turned to look at the mothman that was watching me from <laughs> the tree line. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's so <laughs> That's a relief. Choose your cryptid. <laughs> I'd rather look at... Uh, you, you do not impress me, Mr. UFO. I would rather look at a cryptid. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah or like a UFO comes down and you're like, you just disrupted my conversation with Sasquatch. You just... Yeah, imagine that. That would be our luck. That we're out squatching. I hate that fucking term. <laughs> no, I, I, we will never use that term. <laughs> That we're out looking for Sasquatch. And we feel like we're here in the wood knocks. We think he's around the corner. And then a UFO comes down. And yeah. we're just like, you just scared off all the squatches. <laughs> <laughs> I know. That would actually be the worst time to meet aliens for the first time. If they, they totally ruin your Sasquatch hunt. I mean, and I would I was, And I I'd be like, a meditation was not for you. <laughs> We were we were not specific enough in our uh, in our invitation meditation. Yeah, in our incantation. Yeah, it's like that was like, not oh, a general like, invitation to everybody. We were specifically yeah, like, looking oh, for oh, Sasquatch. Thank you very much. Yeah, they're like, oh, so you rang the wrong number? <laughs> crashing our Sasquatch party from sorry, thirty anyway, thousand light crashing, years away. I'm crashing this story. Well. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry, we both are. <laughs> Hang on. So, I heard a loud crack in the direction I saw the light. So, I looked to see what it was. And what I saw will haunt me till I die. Oh, my God. Floating in the tree line. I see a white figure. Oh. Couldn't make out anything at first, but it came closer to the graveyard, stopping just at the first grave. That's when I made out that it was a woman with flowing hair and in a gown. She raises her arm and with her finger motions me to come to her. In fear, I turn on my flashlight and run. My dad asked me he could see a light and asked why I kept the light on since the 12 minute mark and didn't believe me when I told him what I saw. Oh my God. That's terrifying. Yeah. I love like, a good ghost story. I am a sucker for a good ghost story. You wouldn't even believe what you're seeing. Like if you saw no. a, like a light come out of the woods and then it's like a woman. And I'm imagining like when I read that, I'm imagining like, you know, in Ghostbusters when her hair's all like floating up yeah. when they see the ghost in the library. Yeah. And, um, and then it like beckons. Like, what do you think she would have done if he actually got up and went to her? I don't know. That's where like, I get into not, not, like... Our ghost. I didn't know what to not know what to do. She's like, no, I've never gotten to this point before. 
I don't know. I'd be pretty sure that it was some sort of a trickster energy. Like mm-hmm. something trying to trick me into falling into a hole or doing something stupid or f- luring me into a, I don't know, another scare trap or something. Mm-hmm. It's a thirst trap. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Just a very lonely woman in, in the cemetery. Yeah. yeah. You're right. I mean, you're right. I shouldn't have just attributed a nefarious motivation onto this woman i don't know her maybe she just maybe she just needs company hang on can we pause it there because i just threw his little toy into the cupboard and i just thought that was really mean so all right the weird thing is though is that that's not the first time i've heard a story like that Oh like no! No, again, that is the beauty of both of these stories, the UFO one and this one, is that they're both pretty typical stories for their genre. Like that's a very typical UFO encounter. That's a very typical ghost encounter. You just see a ghost briefly. The ghost does something briefly. The fact that he got though voice and like he could see her beckoning him, like it was. I, I, he didn't yeah. hear a voice. He heard a crack. Oh, I thought that... Oh, okay. Okay. So she, he never actually heard her <laughs> verbally beckon him. He said that he heard something moving in the woods. Okay. But then how did he describe... He from... How did he describe the beckon, though? He said that he couldn't make anything out at first, but it came clo- closer and stopped at the first grave, which is really interesting because graveyards are normally hallowed ground right if it was so if it was something like evil maybe that's the reason why it stopped at the grave right couldn't come in right actually safe in the graveyard right yeah that's possible that the ghost was keeping itself safe that's even that's really creepy that's even more creepier no the ghost was outside of the graveyard oh i see it came from the woods so i he was see. safe in the graveyard because yeah. the graveyard is hallowed ground yeah you're right and so this thing whatever it was couldn't yeah. enter the graveyard yeah see again so when he yeah that's the so whole when bit. he ran he's actually probably in more danger well unless he was running deeper into the cemetery that was definitely the right choice which is counterintuitive <laughs> yeah you wouldn't think well, you know what? It's funny that I don't. I know a lot of people like to go to cemeteries to talk to ghosts, but I don't really have a feeling that cemeteries are particularly haunted. I wouldn't really want to just hang around my dead body forever. Mm, that's kind of creepy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I guess it's like fundamentally it's creepy because you're literally surrounded by dead bodies be under the ground. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's weird how people think that graveyards are haunted maybe that's just something to keep people out of graveyards because they don't want people hanging out in graveyards oh that is a pretty good deterrent is you want people to think that it's the most haunted place i think i think graveyards are more scary for ghouls like the whole concept of a ghoul what's a like ghoul? things that eat um like a paranormal creature that eats dead bodies oh okay So, like, ghouls are creepy. <laughs> Especially when you see the video, YouTube videos of ghouls. Okay. Well, I'll have to look that up now, won't I? Yeah. Have a quick look and tell me what you think. 
Oh wow. Okay. I would. I would. Yeah, I'd choose a ghost over a ghoul. Yeah. Yeah, ghoul, ghouls just seem like altogether unfriendly. <laughs> uh, unpersonable. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you're right. I'd pick a ghost over a ghoul any day. Mm. So is that the conclusion we come to at the end of that story? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that... Uh, Jonathan, we believe that you were safer in the graveyard because whatever it was couldn't come into the graveyard. Mm. <laughs> yes, we believe that. Correct. <laughs> that is our recommendation. Yeah. <laughs> but you should actually notice that. Um, again, I am the, the resident ghost believer. Uh, from what I gather, <clears throat> this is not my personal experience or anything, but just from what I gather, that if you notice that a ghost seems to have a boundary and it wants you to cross the boundary so that you can be where it is, just don't do it. <laughs> the ghost probably has a boundary for a reason. And, uh, yeah, that's my recommendation. Mm. Egyptian discovery of 52 sarcophagi could rewrite the history of the New Kingdom period. Whoa, now that's a good stinger. Yes. Egypt has unveiled an archaeological discovery of the Saqqara necropolis south of Cairo, which could rewrite history of the New Kingdom period. The find includes 54 wooden coffins that can be traced back 3,000 years to the New Kingdom period, which spans about 1539 to 1075 BC. Oh my god. That, that, that... That's properly ancient. Mm. The funerary temple of Queen Niet is also discovered near the pyramid of her husband, King Teddy of Egypt's Sixth Dynasty, which dates back 4,200 years ago. Oh, my God. Isn't it amazing that they're still finding things in Egypt? Yeah, that that is incredible. There have actually been some pretty significant large mummy finds recently. The coffins or sarcophagi include the first dating back to the New Kingdom to be found at Saqqara, which is a UNESCO World Heritage Site and home to the Steppe Pyramid. Carved in human form and painted in bright colours, many of the coffins are still intact. Incredible. An ancient game statues and masks are also found at the site. All these discoveries will rewrite the history of Saqqara and the New Kingdom, said Dr. Hawass, who headed the archaeological mission. Officials are keen to show off newly discovered artefacts as they try to revive visitor numbers after the tourism industry received a painful blow during the coronavirus pandemic. The number of tourists visiting the country dropped to 3.5 million last year from 13.1 million in 2019. Who are these 3.5 million <laughs> people traveling in the pandemic? <laughs> That's actually terrifying. Yeah, I've How been many, seeing like, a lot about Egyptian um, tourism lately, believe it or not. There's been a, kind of a push to get get people to go to the Middle East and do Middle Eastern tourism in general. Three and a half million people. Yeah, that's scary. That's a lot of people during a global crisis. <laughs> I know. I know, like, it is, you know, almost a quarter of what they normally get. But, like, who is who? Yeah. Like, I just feel like it, like, 
Would you want to be in Egypt when we're literally in a plague? Because what comes no, next? No. Pretty sure it all went down there the last time, didn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'd be a little uncomfortable doing tourism in general right now, but... Um, yeah, yeah, you wouldn't really be, uh, you know, in, enjoying yourself. No. Crammed on a bus full of people from that whole that concept is so foreign like imagine being on a bus filled with people from all around the world yeah yeah that's a foreign <laughs> without knowing who or what or where they've been in contact with yeah you just have to trust that they're you know on the honor system that they were being careful yeah. before they got there and they wash their hands yeah and we've learned we've learned last year that people don't wash their hands yeah not nearly enough not even close and I learned last year that I touch my face heaps. Yeah. Especially when I'm trying to consciously not touch my face. Like, I feel like I don't touch my face all day. But as soon as I go to the shops, I'm like, yeah, no, stop touching my face in front of people. It's like it's an anxiety thing. Oh, I noticed the same thing that I was itching my face through my mask constantly. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm trying to look like, you know, I'm the ideal citizen by not touching my eyes, <laughs> sanitizing like QR code. And yeah. then there's me just like, yeah, God. <sighs> Was that the whole article? Yeah. Ended on 3.5 million people. Okay. Wait, so say that again. I wonder what they're going to mean by it rewrites the history yeah i wonder that too because they said new kingdom so that means the earliest kingdom right or does that mean wait yeah we should definitely look that up because isn't isn't that the time that you know the official date of how old the sphinx is that's supposedly when it was built yes actually and isn't that when the great flood was meant to be um, 4,000 years ago, um, according to the... I think round about that time is the biblical flood, yes. Let's... Biblical flood, yeah. I'm th- just Googling it. I think it was like 5,000 years ago. Yeah, we the flood began four and a half thousand years ago. So that's around the same time as the flood. Okay. So yeah. Right in between the two. So It'd be interesting if there was any evidence about that. Um Supposedly there are yeah. Supposedly there are a couple arc sites. Uh, one in Turkey, and oh, where was the other one? I remember they used to push it in the 90s. Um, oh, it was on that mountain side. Yeah, it was on the mountainside. You could see sort of what looked like the hull of a ship in a really grainy yeah, photograph. But it, was, it was just like a rock formation that looked like a ship. Right, right. It wasn't Mount Sinai or something like that, was it? Uh, I don't know, but that was that was a funny one. I remember seeing that one even on the news when I was a kid. Um, but there's another one in Turkey that it's like a, a rock formation in the shape 
of a boat hull. And uh, there were even some stones in behind where the boat was found or the boat hull shaped rocks, you know, if they're not fossilized or whatever they, people claim they are. Um, and they were supposed to be like the anchor rocks. Mm. They're the keel stones, they're called. Oh, it was Mount Ararat. That's in Turkey. I think yeah. that's the one. I think that that's the one I was just talking about. Yeah, that looks like... That looks like that. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly the one. What I find interesting, though, are the keelstones. So, apparently... Um, you know, a, a keel on a ship is, you know, it runs underneath the belly of the ship and um, essentially... So that when it essentially, flooded, it would... Sorry. Is that so that when the water comes in, it will just, like, lift off those and just... Um, I think it was because in the earlier ships, they didn't have, a, like, a keel underneath the ship to sort of keep the belly straight. Like, it would nothing to cut... A ship through water basically if you're the bottom of your boat or the bottom of your ship is flat the waves can kind of make the front of your ship skip in any direction but if it has a ridge a keel then it'll cut through the water in a straight line but they didn't have keels back then so they would hang a bunch of stones at the back of their ship and those okay. stones basically any current or whatever would hit the back of those stones exactly patrice is showing me a photo of that and basically that would act as like a pseudo keel so any kind of current or whatever um the ship was being you know anchored in its direction by these now they're, they weren't nearly as efficient as actually having a keel but it was like a really yeah. a really it was better than nothing it kept them straight ish in there imagine that getting caught on stuff though that would get caught on stuff all the time yeah, so what's interesting, though, is that those, unless they were carved to look like keelstones and that that whole site is like a, a memory or like a, a shrine to the whole arc concept. But what's interesting is those keelstones and that arc uh, rock formation are far too high up to have been in water any time in the last 5,000 years. So if they got up there, it would have had to have been from a, an enormous flood event. Like a huge flood event. Okay, we've got one from Denny here. Hello, gang. My name is Denny, and I've got a weird one for you. All right. All right. Hyping yourself up. I'm setting it in. Yeah. All right. I'm sitting down. What do you got for me, Denny? As a kid, my family owned a small campground outside of Watauga State Park in West Virginia. Oh, we got a West Virginia story here. That's where the best of the best cryptid stuff comes from. Even UFO. All right. It's the creme de la creme. It is. It's like ground zero for all of the best cryptid UFO stuff in the United States. Mm -hmm. During one of our extended weekend stays, one of my sister's friends finds an old wooden carved totem in the woods outside of the camp. He brings it back. Sorry. Big Salem, like, uh, not Salem, Blair Witch Project. Oh, yeah. Vibes. Oh, yeah. 
There you go. Yeah, you definitely, if you find like a little figurine outside of your campsite, do not disturb it. You will end up being chased by the Blair Witch for hours. All right. He brings it back and hangs it on the side of our outhouse. My religious aunt kept telling us to get rid of it. Over the course of the weekend, an odd series of events all happened within a short range of time before we finally threw the totem back into the woods, away from our camp. I hope you enjoy the story and look forward to future episodes. I want to know if it was like, what kind of totem? Was it like an effigy? Like a little voodoo doll? Yeah, I would like to know more information about what this totem actually looked like, what it was depicting, what that mm. means, like a little totem. Did it just like have a little face? Or was it like a little guy? Or like um, even because because that's that's quite common in like witchcrafty stuff, right? Like if you wanna, you know, release something or, you know, people make little like effigies, I guess, like almost like little offerings, and then take them out into the woods and like leave them there, do a little ceremony. So the premise of the story here is that they hung the totem on the side of the outhouse, and then they had a, a string of bad luck and strange events until they threw it away. Mm. So I guess I can believe that. It's not like things like that don't happen. Um, that's what I mean. Like, that's why the whole black magic thing is that people normally, like, trap something in something. Like, set the intention on right. whatever that little thing is, right. and then they get rid of it. Right. And But whatever that thing is, maybe it was still trapped in that little figure. And hanging it on the outhouse is a huge insult to that figure. Well, exactly right, because it's in the woods for a reason. Right. Like someone has wrapped it up and put it in the woods. Right. For a reason. Well, I wouldn't, know? if my soul or spirit was trapped inside of a figure and somebody hung it on an outhouse, I'd be pretty pissed about that. I promise I won't ever do that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's very comforting. It is freaky to think that you can find something. Like, I mean, it's cool, though. Like, I find it pretty cool if you found something like that out in the woods. Oh, yeah. I mean, that would be quite the novelty, especially yeah, if you're like just in little... some campground. But, I mean, anybody could have made it if you're at a campground. Mm. But... but Yeah, it would... I, I would... Yeah. Your, your first instinct, if you found something like that, would be to pick it up and be like, oh, this is a cool memento. Yeah. I, I can't disagree with that. I At any age, I can't look back and say I would not have picked that up and brought it back mm. to the camp. Yeah. So it would take a lot of... Because I wouldn't be thinking, oh, this is haunted. Right. Except for now I might. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it got me thinking too. I think that, like, 2020 has been such a crazy year for me. It's gotten me to the point where I'm starting to get afraid of stuff like this again. <laughs> Superstition. Yeah, absolutely. Like when bad things happen then we just, you know, we revert back to superstition. Right. I mean, how else do you get through 2020? Well, it's 2021 now. Wow, yeah. I get the financial year 2021, 2020, 2021. Right. We're, yeah, we're still, we're a couple weeks into the month. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm still, I'm still trying to process last year. <laughs> yeah. It was a hell of a year. 
go. All right, so this next story um, is from Jamison, and he says that he hasn't told many people this because he got ridiculed as a kid. Oh. So I'm assuming, yeah, so I'm, so I'm assuming that he's, and it said that he's picky with who he shares this with. So I'm assuming that he's okay with us sharing this with the entire world. Well, let's hope that that's not his real name and all the kids at school do not continue to tease him at the lunch table. <laughs> but, you know, and, you know, it's probably here we're not we're not going to ridicule anybody for anyone's stories. Oh, no. Like, that's, not the, that's not the purpose of this. Oh, no, absolutely like, this not. Is a safe, this is a safe space. The rest of the full metal skeptics. That's right. Uh, we're, I mean, we might try to dissect your story a little bit to understand it a little bit better, but we're not here to judge you for your experience. You experienced what you experienced, and we're just trying to understand it from an outsider well, perspective. Even, yeah, I'm just straight up interested in it. Well, even... I don't even need to understand. I'm no, just loving hearing it. No, just putting myself in the shoes of the storyteller, trying to imagine what... I would do how my brain would react to a situation like that. It's fun just being in that headspace. Yeah. I mean, we read these emails late at night because that's when we're awake. Yeah. And so like they they are creepy. These these emails have been creeping me out. Oh, I know. They're very Art Bell coast to coast esque. I'm really appreciating what we're seeing so far. All right, so I, I love this story. Okay. Because I think it's really relatable, and the story happens when he was around seven. Okay. And I distinctly remember when I was around seven that that's when I, like, I, I would go as far as to say that's probably when I first started to experience anxiety. Really? Well, yeah, and not, seven? And not being able to sleep. Really? Yeah, because I think it's when I found out about death. Okay, that's interesting. Well, that's that's when I found out about death too. That was when my mm -hmm. first family member died, and then also uh, seven was when I had my one true like mind blowing paranormal experience when I was seven mm -hmm. years old, and that that was probably I think seven for me was one of the most important years with getting me interested in the paranormal, the unexplained, the you know the prophetical the the extraterrestrial like anything that's just not of the norm um yeah yeah well i well even though i don't believe in ghosts i grew up in a haunted house yeah well yeah that's so it's so funny i've noticed that duality in you that you know you'll make you even make fun of me for believing in ghosts but then the very next day you'll be like yeah so uh I'm, uh, this anyway there's a ghost the ghost that lives in my house walked down <laughs> you know i love that <laughs> but yeah so yeah, when I was seven, I distinctly remember that I had to go to sleep before my mom and dad did because if I was awake and the whole house was asleep, I would convince myself that I was the only person alive in the world. Mm. Like, how, how weird is that? Fair to say I was a weird kid. <laughs> and I'm a weird adult. <laughs> you are a weird adult. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Um, yeah, that's a that's a really strange um, fear to have. But at, at, I guess at seven years old, though, that's not mm, that's that's. I just used to get really unsettled by the quiet house. Mm. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I like that. Being the only person now, I don't like that. I don't like it. Yeah, being the only person awake in the house is creepy. Or yeah, and I mean, trying to sleep too when you know everybody else is asleep. uh, I always had trouble with that as well. Mm Mhm. All right. So when I was around seven, I stayed up late watching TV with my parents, like 10 p.m. They eventually sent me to go to bed. When I was in my room, I saw a man. Okay. In his in his thirties to forties, sitting on my bed. Okay. <laughs> okay. I bolted out of my room, yelling, "There's a man in my room!" Uh, uh, yeah. And yes. <laughs> as you would. As you would. And that would like freak everyone out. Oh. Like, that would freak your parents out. <laughs> yeah. like, you're freaked out. Yeah. Like everyone at that point, everyone's oh. like freaked out at ten o'clock at night. Oh yeah. My parents quickly jumped up and checked every corner on my room and found nobody. They then tried to assure me that it was safe to go in my room. I was too scared to move. Oh, uh, yeah. And just when that, just when that, this story can't get any fucking creepier. Okay. <laughs> I, I then heard a whisper say, a whisper that said, it's okay now. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is the perfect cherry on the top of that. Oh, yeah, I never saw him again. However, while growing up, throughout the night, I would hear footsteps in the hallway. 20 years later, I still vividly remember the man sitting on my bed and the whisper in my ear when everyone in the house was in the rec room in our basement and everyone heard footsteps and looked up. You should have seen the confusion in everyone's name. <laughs> so the same footsteps Ooh. that he'd been hearing his whole life, everybody heard when they were in the basement one day. And he'd been saying that that's been happening for 20 years. Excellent. That is one of my uh, few ghost experiences is I was the only person in a building and I heard heel toe, heel toe footsteps uh, in the floor above me. So I can attest to that being a, a very creepy and, and and vivid experience but uh yeah again you know every time we talk about ghosts it's it's just like how would you even register what you're seeing if you saw an apparition so like what even is a ghost that's a question you've asked me before is like what even is it what are you seeing are you seeing just a person or are you seeing something that's like smoky and see-through like how do you know what you're looking at is a ghost or if it's like what level of apparition it is. And that's the thing too about ghosts is that for it to make those noises, it means that it's 3D and it's interacting in a 3D world. Yeah, exactly. So it's reflecting light from somewhere to you. Um, well, not just that, the noises, but that means that it's actually physical. Well, they don't always make noises, but I guess in... Um, the story the footsteps. yeah the footsteps are definitely a noise that's that's actually one of the more common ghost noises isn't it is footsteps yeah <laughs> so i think but um but we also listened to another one where they like they heard a cracking stick and it's like so what is it is like it is like they're walking whatever they are it is like they are walking on solid ground and the solid ground seems to react to their footsteps 
That's creepy um, as hell. That scares me. That yeah. story scares the hell out of me because I I remember what it was like to be a seven year old kid petrified of the dark and petrified no. of silence. And I like I never had anybody whisper in my ear. But no. That would have. Oh, well, you know, I. But I can remember having feelings like there was someone standing next to my bed. Yeah. Well, and yeah. Being too afraid to look. Yeah, I I had the exact same experience when again around the age of seven. Um, I had my own bedroom and it was in a creepy sort of like brown bedroom and mm. um, the closet door. I don't remember if it did close, but it was always open and I never saw anyone in there. But I always had this like I, w when I'm sleeping or like I'm lying in my bed. The only thing to look at is the hole into the closet. And I was just always very your sure. First mistake. Yeah, <laughs> but I was always. Have you seen Poltergeist? I was. I bet oh, no. You had an 80s at clown the age of, in there too, didn't you? At the age of seven, I don't think Poltergeist big existed life -size. yet. Oh no, it did. Oh, <laughs> it yeah, did. A, big, a big 1980s life-size um, clown. But um, yeah, but I was always so sure that there was someone in there, a man in black. I just knew that a man in black was in there, even though I never saw him. But yeah, same thing. Once. Once I got into my bed, I'd kind of put my covers over my head and I'd close my eyes because I just knew I was surrounded by something. That was the ex that was yeah. sort of the feeling I would have. But I never, thank God, never saw anything. I don't know that I would have been able to handle it. No. I, um, yeah, I just have a feeling that there'd be someone standing next to my bed. Mm. And I would, like, be so afraid to open my eyes and look. You know? Yeah. And I don't know. Yeah. You know, house, like... Um, I had kind of like weird experiences. Probably one of the strangest was I remember walking out of my bedroom, looking into my brother's bedroom and seeing him playing on the floor with like Lego or something. And I just walked past him and it was just the back of his head. So I could see his the back of his head and him playing with Lego in the okay. bedroom. And then I walked into the kitchen and then he came from the outside. Oh. He came inside from and I was just like, that was that was that was a weird thing. That so something that, that looked like your brother was playing Lego, but it wasn't your brother. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing though. I don't trust any of my memories from mm. you know that time, just because it was so long ago. You know. As for the the way that that story works, the structure is perfect. Um, just said that he always had this general eerie feeling, so that sets the tone. Look out, a ghost is coming. And then he's like, yeah, so one day I walked in, there's a ghost, and I ran away screaming. Then I come back, it's not there, but I hear a whisper in my ear. So that's, like, the perfect, like, punchline. I don't think he, he, he wasn't, he didn't expect to see ghosts. He wasn't afraid. Right. No, no, but, um, but I'm just saying as, as the way that the story is structured. And then to have a follow-up at the end, like, the very next day, right before the credits roll you have and then the family hears the footsteps and it's like oh but so do they believe and then roll credits rock and roll music like that is a perfect like that's a perfect yeah, that's horror great. story right there mm. yeah like 20 years later you think oh you finally resigned yourself to the fact that it was your imagination and then the whole family experiences what you've been saying. Yeah, I love that. You get a little bit of satisfaction that you're not alone in a delusion that other people have shared your experience with you, or at least an aspect yeah, of it. except for now you're 27 and you get to go, okay, mum and dad, well, I'm out of here. Enjoy your haunted house. <laughs> yeah. 
That's a good feeling, I bet. So what do you got for me, Greg? All right. So this one <laughs> is about, uh, a, well, uh, you know what? I'm not even going to read. I'm not going to read the <laughs> the title of the email. Okay. Um, hi, Greg and Patrice. This is Sean. Sean says, hi, Greg and Patrice. Thank you for opening up stories from readers. Take, take it or leave it as you will. I'm recalling this after 11 years, and the details are fuzzy. I know what I experienced, and if you don't believe... That's perfectly understandable, and I would, I would expect no less from our full metal skeptics. <laughs> I appreciate that, Sean. Uh, we're not going to be too harsh on this show, though. Yeah, you can't guarantee that we're going to believe everything that you guys I'm write like, in. I'm an aluminum foil yeah. skeptic. Maybe not full metal. I, gu- I almost guarantee you that 99% of your emails, even if I don't believe them, Patrice is still going to defend your story <laughs> to the bitter end. Um, Sean continues, I've enjoyed your content for a long time, and thank you again for considering our stories. I hope this one is at least intriguing for you, too, and look forward to hearing more from you. So he says, uh, I leave this open for discussion for you, too. Decide uh, to use it on the Full Metal Tuxedo. Yes, of course. So the synopsis is, you know, the synopsis is it's a demon sighting at a church camp. Or, you know, p- possible demon sighting at a church camp. He he has that qualifier afterwards. Possible. So we'll see. I think because they're afraid. They're afraid because you are <laughs> So they're trying to keep a bit of, save a bit of face. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. You don't have to put on a strong face for this show, but I, pr- I appreciate it for the entertainment uh, quality at very least. Okay, well, so. Well, it's good to know too that they all like have a measured level of skepticism. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they are my audience, after all. And my audience really, you know, we're all we're allowed to be believers. I've I've always had tons of Christians even in my audience. Absolutely not allowed. It's not okay to be a believer. (laughs) That's a different. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, we have believers in our audience, so that's fine. But of course, you know, I promote a healthy helping conversation oh of conversation yeah i was gonna say of skepticism but conversation too obviously okay so it was the summer of 2010 i was just home from the uh, marines and i was asked to be one of the chaperones for the annual trip to the church camp it was just supposed to be a usual week of high temperatures high school hormones okay This was a Baptist... High school hormones. Yeah, yeah. And high school hormones, of course. So this was a Baptist Oklahoma church camp, which I bring up just for some more context. So the youth pastor wanted me to go 
and helped chaperone the boys. We had such a surplus that year, we couldn't fit us all in. The guys of the cap... Um, I've got a question. Do you ever go on a church camp, Greg? Um, I've been to... Ch not like a literal, like, you stay in a cabin and you camp camp, but I've been to, yeah. like, a day camp for church before, yes. I've been, I've been on probably more church camps than I care to bloody admit, which really? is hilarious considering I wasn't even raised religious. That's incredible. Yeah, but I went to religious school. Yeah, so my parents I was just going to ask that. I, yeah, but I didn't actually mind it because it wasn't, I thought it was like quite nice, pretty surroundings, no demons. No, well, I actually really pr appreciated my time in like church camps and like day camps and stuff like that as well because mm. yeah it was pretty chill I found that a lot of it was just like was like self-reflection yeah exactly it's a pretty chill environment and it's just about being good people and it's fun to be you know doing camp stuff with people that are trying to be their best um yeah so i mean yeah no uh no hard feelings against church camps or anything we're pro church camp over here both <laughs> we've both had positive experiences with it um okay so yeah the we had such a surplus that year we couldn't fit us all in the guy's side of the cabin so we were sent across the street to a place i dubbed little mexico well, that's it, clever because it's across the border yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> It had three rooms, a bunk room on the left, a kitchen in the middle, and a bunk room on the right. That sounds like a fun little, you know, dorm house. Uh, there were mm -hmm. doors between each room that could be shut. Okay. There was another chaperone with me because we had a lot of guys. He was a Navy SEAL sniper corpsman, and he knew the youth pastor from when he was younger. The Navy SEAL... This sounds like a badass fucking yeah. church camp. Yeah, exactly. Like this... Marines and snipers yeah. chaperoning. Yeah, no, I would absolutely have appreciated having uh, role models like this to look up to when I was, uh, mm. when I was younger. Absolutely. I, I want to go to this church camp now. Uh, <laughs> the Navy SEAL was a few years older than me. He and I became buddies real fast. The first few nights, there was nothing out of the ordinary. We were all hooting and hollering and having a good time. There was no more than 40 guys in Little Mexico and other, and the other 100 or so of us were in the main cabin for our church. Closer to the middle of the week, the kids started falling asleep earlier. The Navy SEAL and I would stay up later and just share military stories with each other. That's a fun part of going to camp. I noticed that too when I used to do camps is that you know, as the week went on, I would fall asleep earlier and earlier every night. Is this like one of those the summer camps that go for like six weeks? No, oh, maybe. I'm assuming that it's not just like a, a weekend camp here. Um, okay. God, this is making me nostalgic for my old camp days. So I used to, I used to camp with the Boy Scouts. That's uh, that was my old uh, camping experience. <clears throat> mm -hmm. All right. Another kid was up and noticed too. Oh wait, where am I? Okay, I think it was. <laughs> I think it was about Tuesday. The Na the Navy SEAL started noticing from across the cabin. We kept started noticing something from across the cabin. We kept the door open between the rooms. 
which was no big deal because it was just us guys. My, my SEAL buddy said he saw a shadow in the other room across the building. He and I were bunked closer to the doors and had a clean line of sight on every doorway. I looked and I could confirm what he saw. It was, <laughs> but it was dark enough to where it was all really just a shadow to me. That's interesting. So Ugh. one and guy says, sleeping there. <laughs> one guy says, I see a shadow in the corner and he's, he looks and says, yep, you're right. There's a shadow figure in the corner. Isn't that fucking creepy? <laughs> Yeah, especially when you think that there's like people were sleeping there and there's some shadow thing just like. Oh, I know. I know. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I've seen shadow figures too, but I've never like looked right at one and it was still still just there. Usually it'll appear in the corner of my vision for a split second and then disappear. Could you imagine just being awake? You've got 40, 40 like teenage kids asleep and. You and your buddy are in a bunk. And, you, you know, they probably were in their beds. And he probably just said, hey, you're awake. Right. Can, can you see? Yeah. And so you're lying in the dark. And you can both see this extra dark thing in the corner, like two rooms away from you. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And there's like a whole room of kids that you're in charge of. And yeah. there's something... <clears throat> Can't well, identify like yeah, that's the creepiest that part is that you're the one that's in charge. So you're the one that is um, protecting the you mm. know the minors, the and, youth around you, and then you're faced and, with something that you you can't really you know properly register what it is. And the thing about military professionals is that they are trained to see things, right? That could be a hazard. Right. It's a matter of life of death for them. Well, that to uh, be able to see something out of the normal. I that's so why I I've, believe that I believe it more when it comes from somebody who is a military professional. Oh yeah, because they're trained to see that. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. But I'm glad you said it. Is that yeah? That is one of the reasons why I trust stories from military personnel as well because these are people that you know probably have seen some weird stuff in their life, but have also been trained specifically for observation and this kind of thing. So if really, even just like hearing like military professional, like whatever, scared by something, if they were scared, Mm. then it must be really scary. And that's the thing too, because they can't sensationalize what they've seen in their professional capacity. Because if you over-exaggerate something, like that could be dangerous mm-hmm. if you under exaggerate something that could be dangerous you know so i feel like they learn to report it as it is well i'm just, i'm just seeing the way that this is going in this story is one guy po- pokes his head out the door and goes hey y'all seeing this and then the other guy pokes <laughs> his head out the door and goes yep i'm seeing this and that's so far that's all we got and so i mean right. that's pretty solid uh, level of professionalism there so he continues by saying Another kid was up and noticed it too. And he was just, he was the oldest of the kids we had with us and was either out of high school or a senior. He noticed a shadow on the other side of the building too. Okay, so I'm we've got a shivers. I've got I just got a <clears throat> shiver down my spine. So we've got a third person here that's confirmed that they too have seen a shadow. Okay. 
The Navy SEAL went over the other room and checked to see if anyone was over there. On his way back, he shut the doors behind him. The next night, we kept the three of us... Wait. The next night, we kept the three of us, kept an eye out. Okay. That's not me. I can read. <laughs> I get what you're saying, though, Sean. We three slept close to the front door. And at one point, the Navy SEAL got, at, got the idea that the three of us could go over to the other side of the cabin and just make sure that it's all clear. You know, I would want to do that too, knowing that there's a ghost sort of, you know, trolling you in the cabin here. The kid I mentioned was a pretty big guy. He was a football player, close to 18. The Navy SEAL was also a bodybuilder, so he was jacked. All right, Arnold Schwarzenegger versus Ghost. I was the smallest of us, but I knew how to handle myself as a Marine. Oh, nobody's questioning your manhood, Sean. Don't, don't worry. We trust that you're a, a hardened veteran in this situation. Uh, so we get over there, and it's really just a mirror of the room that we're all in. Bunks on either side, leading to restrooms and showers at the end of the room. Some moonlight was coming in from the windows. I'm standing there with two pretty big guys, and we each started at the blank staring, and we're each just staring at this black shadow standing at the end of the bunks just before the restroom. So they walk into this room, and the shadow figure is in there, staring at them again the next night. What? <laughs> <laughs> No. All right. And what do you do? <laughs> like you've, you've, you've found the thing you were looking for. What do you do now? So he's basically. I'm guessing the ghost is basically Don't cross calling the beams. The, yeah, the ghost. The ghost is calling their bluff here. It's like, oh, you're a bunch of tough guys looking for a ghost. Well, what do you do if a ghost actually shows up in front of you? Well, show, Sean goes on to say, these two guys are shaking, and I can see why. I was freaking out too. There's this huge shadow creature standing at the end of these bunks, probably about 15 feet away from us. Well, wow, that's pretty goddamn close. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It was at least six feet tall. Oh, that's not, I mean, maybe six five. All right, that's around my height range. So according to Sean, I'm huge. <laughs> Giant shadow creature. Um, it seemed massive and physically overwhelming to me, like a young Arnold Schwarzenegger or Schwarzenegger at any age. Oh, I guess the, I guess the uh, the other military guy isn't the Schwarzenegger in this story. That's that's crazy. So not only is it a shadow figure, but it's like an enormous one of a big jacked guy. <laughs> that's they freaky. Say that, they say that about shadow figures, though. Right. That they're big and tall. Well, yeah, that is true, actually. Um, yeah, people say that there are accounts that, that they're like seven feet tall. Yeah, but I, there's ones that look like they're wearing hoods. Mm -hmm. And then there's the hat man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's okay. right. I've heard that too. All right, so then what happened? <clears throat> okay. So the three of us invoke Jesus' name, <laughs> as one does at a church camp. And we back out of the room and shut the door behind us. Okay, this might be, I just mentioned this in my Art Bell uh, follow-up vlog, that sometimes, you know, career Christians will call into the show just so that they can say 
they called on Jesus's name and he saved them from whatever was happening in the story. And it was just so that he, they could convert people to Christianity. So I'm not I always feel like it's a good panacea anyway. Yeah. Because I've backed out a few like um, Lord's Prayers in my time. Oh, yeah. No, again, like I, I was I was rage, raised religious and I'll catch myself either doing a Lord's Prayer or invoking Jesus's name if something really fucking freaky happens. It, it still happens. It still comes out of my mouth. Uh, so we get over to, uh, yeah, so we get out of the room and we close the door behind us and, uh, we get over with, to with the kids in it. Yeah. With the kid, <laughs> the kids still in there. <laughs> we get over to our bunk room with all these they guys. His, they his kids now. <laughs> we get over to our bunk room with all these guys and shut the door too. Yeah. So basically you ran away from the shadow man and closed all the doors oh. behind you. So the shadow man wins that day. So the three of us were back in our bunks trying to process what happened. We started telling, uh, they started telling me what they saw. And they say that it was a golem-like shadow. It was closer to body horror for them. It was, I was baffled because I saw a monster of a thing similar to the size of the Navy SEAL. So they each saw something different. Wow, so that it like played with their minds like so, it showed them what they're afraid of right so this is again this sort of reminds me of like loki like trickster energy so this is like again this is a thing that aliens uh and ghosts both do is i've heard so many accounts where three people were looking at the same thing and they all saw something different and mm. they even say that about ufos two people will say that they've seen a ufo out their window but they'll both describe com two completely different UFOs. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's like trickster energy, like playing with your mind. I like that detail a lot. Okay. Okay, so uh, we all just lay there for a while trying to process what happened. Again, later that night, we were still awake because of how, how does one sleep after that? Good question. <laughs> On the right side of the room, and on the bunks closest to the restroom, there are were kids on the top bunk and bottom bunk. And on the bed next to them, I watched as a kid on the top bunk uh, closest to the restroom gets ripped out of his bunk and falls what? to the floor. <laughs> what would you even do if you saw that? Turn on all the lights, firstly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So this is a perfect example. I think we mentioned this in an earlier email the other day. That like, if a sh if you run into a shadow figure, absolutely turn on a light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god, this was a concrete floor. No other kid was touching him. This kid was across the room from me. Me and the Navy SEAL get over there and he isn't even awake no one was touching him but the other kids were freaked out to say the least so other kids witnessed this happening that's pretty fucking crazy we make sure he's okay and when he woke up a few moments later he had no idea what was going on and why he was on the bottom of the floor thankfully he was not hurt and that's probably because uh, he was asleep and did not tense up he gets moved to a different bunk, bottom bunk, 
and we get to the youth pa- and we go to the youth pastor to tell him what's going on. So yeah, now we need a man of the cloth on this because we definitely are dealing with some sort of a demon. That could have like if if that kid hit his head the wrong way, that could have killed him. Oh, I know exactly. That's what I was thinking too. What he said that if you know if you are asleep and and you fall, that if you don't tense up, then there is a likelihood. Plus, he's younger. I mean, the younger yeah. you are, the more resilient you are. You don't really even weigh mm-hmm. that much. <clears throat> all right. The youth pastor came over, prayed, got all the guys to calm down, and headed back to bed across the street. Okay, uh, that wouldn't very that wouldn't really yeah, comfort me. Yeah, he didn't want to stay in. <laughs> he didn't want to stay in the haunted dorm. That would, that would not comfort me very much. It's like he came in, he swept the floor a little bit, and said, "Good luck, guys," and left. Uh, no, I would be pretty goddamn sure that that shadow being was still there. It's like that scene in The Lost Boys when the grandfather at the end's like, that's the only thing about Santa Barbara that I didn't like was all the damn vampires. (laughs) I love that line. Uh, Later on, I had... Okay, so he says, later on, I had a moment with the youth pastor. I asked if it was all real because I had never experienced anything like that. I wondered what he thought about it. All he said... All he had to tell me was something along the lines of the art of persuasion can be very powerful. This is an Oklahoma youth pastor telling me this. His response sticks with me to this day. Hmm. Thank you for opening the stories up. And I hope that this was intriguing. Best, Sean. That was a damn good story. Damn, I loved that story. Do you know what? As you we were listening to it, I want to say, um, I want people to write in like campfire stories that they remember from their summer camps and scary stories that they tell when they're camping. So if you have a story that was, you know, that you heard around a campfire that creeped you out or at summer camp, like make sure that you send it through to us. Um, and make sure that you put my campfire story in the description. Absolutely. Thank you, Sean. Subject line. Thank you, Sean. That story was so good. Um, yeah, I'm so glad that you wrote that in. Even if it was to convert us to Christianity, <laughs> you sly devil. Uh, I still really appreciated this story. I felt like I was there. I felt like I was in this little bunk cabin with you guys, seeing the shadow figure standing right at the end of the bunks in front of the bathroom. I was there. I could I see think, it. I could feel it. I don't think it was like he's trying to convert us. Like, I think that he was really shocked that the pastor was like, you know, it wasn't anything. It was yeah. just your mind. Yeah, the, the pastor was pretty sure that they had convinced themselves. So, mm. I mean, that's sort the of... Other- I noticed that with even Catholics who believe in demonic possession, that they sort of dismiss it and they only really take it seriously if they truly believe that Mm. somebody is possessed. See, see what I was thinking when I was listening to it is that I was just automatically thinking about poltergeist energy because it's Mm. all the young kids Mm. and all the hormones and how poltergeist activity tends to happen around like kids in puberty. Yeah, that's true. That's a uh, pretty common theme. So, like, a poltergeist mm-hmm. is a specific type of ghost that can interact with the physical world, can move things. So that would definitely explain, if it was a poltergeist, why it was able to k- pull a kid off of the bed. But poltergeists yeah, don't that- often 
reveal themselves though that's not common for a poltergeist mm. that's the only thing that's the only thing which wasn't classically a poltergeist mm -hmm. yeah i don't blame you for calling this a demon sean um it sounded pretty demonic mm. definitely didn't sound friendly yeah. no yeah but definitely i want to hear more campfire stories and like creepy summer camp stories Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, folks, I guess that's going to do it for tonight's show. A nice little bonus of just just emails from the fans, from the listeners. Um, yeah, and we, of course, this, is, this episode also, you know, serves a dual purpose of also being an apology. For people who were trying to listen to our stream the other night and we kept running into technical problems. So uh, this is a little bit of bonus content to sort of, you know, mend, mend the relationship between creator and audience. So hopefully this gets us back in your good books. Thanks to everybody who's sent in the emails. Just a reminder that if you have a story that you'd love for us to read and give an opinion on, the email to send it to is fullmetaltuxedo at gmail um, yeah we're doing a call out for any campfire stories that you have or uh, ghost stories that you remember from your summer camps and from your childhood that freaked you out and still freak you out now um, just remember to put uh, like campfire stories in the description or something like that so we know that that's um the genre <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, sub the subject <laughs> yeah we're loving these emails that you guys are sending in so far i'm really impressed with the caliber of some of these stories just how vivid and believable they are a lot of them have sent chills down my spine already and i can't wait to see where this show goes i love the audience participation of course remember that we normally live stream this show on saturday nights uh midnight uh, on Armored Gregory on YouTube. But we can also, we're also uploading our podcast audio to uh, Anchor, uh, or Spotify, where else, Patrice? On Armored um, Skeptic More. Oh, yes, of course. So the, the home to the final podcast after it's been edited is going to be Armored Skeptic More, uh, the Full Muddle Tuxedo podcast on YouTube. Um, but yeah, we're also trying to get onto iTunes too, so pretty soon we're going to be everywhere that you listen to podcasts. Remember to just to subscribe to the Full Metal Tuxedo Instagram because that's the best place to get the most up-to-date information about podcasts. Excellent. Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. We hope that we kept you company and you had fun listening to us tonight. And uh, again, thank you for the stories. I really enjoyed them. Thank you so much. Good night. Sweet dreams. <laughs>